this is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about films, television, music, everything, basically mental health and all of that jazz. I've got my special guest today, Emily Fisher. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you for coming on. You were, So the cool thing is also you have a podcast coming out. I do. Yes. Do you want to? <laughs> so before we go into a spiel uh, about who you are, tell us a bit about this podcast because I, I think this is kind of cool. Well, the podcast is also, it's about the paranormal and, oh. <laughs> paranormal, of me moving a chair. Um, yeah. Our podcast that's coming out, well, we've recorded and we haven't edited a thing. Oh, you still haven't edited it? No. Oh my God. It will happen, but it's about the paranormal. It's about anything mysterious, freaky, crypts, spirits, legends. So it's a real spooktacular Stories. kind of. Spooktacular. Actually, that would have been a really good name for it. What'd you call it? It's called, well, <laughs> it's called Hocum Pocum. <laughs> yeah. But we shortened it to like Hoke Poke Pod because it's just about anything that's random. <laughs> the Hoke Poke. <laughs> we couldn't find a name. Everything's taken because we wanted to call it like, um, I don't even remember. We went through a ton of names, but they're all taken. Oh, that's a shame. It's all copyrighted. So, What's the world doing? I didn't want to get in a lawsuit. So, I feel like everyone's trying to get in a lawsuit these days. It's pretty, it's pretty common occurrence. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we have no money. So. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what kind of microphones do you use? Um, my friend has a little studio set up. Oh, work is friend. It? So, uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask him. So it's like a proper. It's a proper. Yeah, it's a proper little setup. We even like last time. Um, last time we had like this, this little setup with like a laugh track and like, like sound wow. effects and I just pressed them and it was like cricket sound, Did you... crickets. <laughs> so is this like, um, you just try and do as much cool stuff as you can. Yeah. like to... <laughs> And I like being in control of the sound effects buttons. <laughs> of course. It's not related to what we're talking about, but. Uh, You're a fidgeter, aren't you? Yeah. Did you not pick up on that from the fact that... Yeah, I know. Like... You were playing with literally everything on my table. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and noted when, when Emily entered my house, it was nothing in my apartment was safe from her grabbing it and looking at it. It wasn't even like, hey, can I touch this? It was, oh, what's this? <laughs> so it was like... She felt right at home. Yeah. I should probably work on my manners. <laughs> no, you just walk in. You're like, mm, it's my place now. <laughs> Bye. You've just got so many interesting things. I do. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a nut in terms of like collecting things. Obviously, I didn't touch the things that were like on the top shelf because I can't reach them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could have like given you a boost. <laughs> I think there's always like um, uh, never offer a short person a boost because it's like. You just get death glad. Um, I <laughs> did that once with my flatmate. Um, and I was like to her, I was just like, oh, hey, can I give you you know, a boost? She was like not happy about it. Because I was like thinking it was a genuine thing. And it was just like, you don't do that to people who are shorter than you. Because like when you're tall, you can automatically reach everything. Yes. So, so unfair. I mean, there's advantages of being short though as well. I mean, I used to love it because you could get into like small places and That's I used to want to stay small for that very reason. I know my center of gravity is really off. I think that's a tall thing. Yeah. It's very much like the taller you are, the center of gravity is just not in your mid, like not in your hips and stuff where it's meant to be. 
Right. It's more in your upper torso, which makes no sense. Um, so it's why whenever tall people do squats or something, they look really off because they're trying to lift more with their back because they're so used to kind of like being that the mid section of their body. This is what I theorize. I don't know for a solid fact, but it feels like, you know, around. That's in- actually, I never thought of that because I'm closer to the ground. So I have a very good set of gravity. Yeah. And this was like this was something that my flatmate would tease me about when I went to the gym because I was so tall and fucking. I just I look when I go to the gym and I miss going to the gym. I haven't gone in a while and I feel like I. You have one. In I your know room. I have one in the complex. This is called laziness. Um, but you're about to introduce me to rock climbing. Sorry. <laughs> I would suggest. <laughs> gymming up before I you go. I would suggest gymming up and doing some upper yeah. body stuff because it will help. Oh, yeah. I imagine, like, this is my thing. Before we do rock climbing, I'm doing at least a, a month worth of gym before I go. A month? Well, that's pretty good. Yeah, you'll 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 be great then. <laughs> yeah, because it's... The funny thing is I, lo- I love gymming. Mm-hmm. I'm just terribly lazy. <laughs> it's one of the two things because I find it really therapeutic. I find it very... It really relaxes yeah. me and everything. But because I'm so, like... Oh, I've got to do this thing, this yeah. thing, this thing. I get kind of like push it to the yeah. to the back of the category because I, I kind of want it to be my unwind. But whenever I'm there, I'm thinking about something that I need yeah. to do. So it's very hard. I don't think that's laziness. No. I think that's just where your priorities are and that's okay. But I do love the gym. I actually <laughs> do love exercising. It's, it's really quite fun. I go for um, walks probably the most though. And that's kind of like a nice, easy stroll. Yeah. I think walks are the best. Yeah. Apparently someone said that if you run, it's actually worse for your knees than walking. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Would you know from facts? Well, as, as I don't run, but somehow I have runner's knee. <laughs> yeah. like So I got the bad rap for that. I don't know. <laughs> so you don't run at all? I don't really like it. I mean. How do you sometimes... work on your cardigo? Cardigo? Cardio. Cardigo. Cardigo. Um, my cardio at roller skating. Yep. Um, uh, skip rope and skip rope. And do you want to explain a little bit about roller skating and what that entails? Oh, well, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in a roller derby league in Sydney and I've not, I don't know if I can name names. <laughs> I, okay. Let's not go into specifics of like who's involved with it. Yeah. But I think as a, as a brand, what does it like, okay. if, for people who don't know what roller derby is. Okay. Explain explain what roller derby is, because and I think we can gloss over the cool names you get to name each other, which is cool. Like, yes. Um, yeah. I think that's one of the wicked parts is in roller derby you can actually name. Yeah, you get yourself. your derby name. Yeah. You're like christened with your derby name. Oh, you're, you what's your of, what's your derby name? I haven't announced it publicly. Yet. Oh really? Oh really? <laughs> Do you have one though? Yeah. Oh okay, okay. Well, you can tell me after the podcast. Yes. I, I won't say it in the book, but this just excites me because I don't want. I don't yeah. want to put the pressure on this as being the official <laughs> announcement. Um, but yeah, tell me, tell me a bit about, I guess, uh, you know, roller derby and what it entails. Roll, so roller derby is, I mean, I'm starting Learn to Derby next year. This year now, because it's New Year. I just did the Learn to Skate program. So roller derby is basically uh, you've got a whole bunch of people on a track and you've got the jammer that's running around the track and they have to get through a block of people. So it's basically like a full contact sport, but on roller skates. And you get points each time you get through the group of people, but you have to be really quick and you have to push through. So it's pretty it's pretty rough. Yeah. It's I wouldn't say it's dangerous because there's a lot of skill involved and a lot of technique. Yeah, and you're 
quite heavily padded. Yeah, you've got like helmet and yeah, and knee. mouse guard and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you've got all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a very contact heavy sport. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's very contact heavy, <laughs> and it's um mostly a female sport. I think. Yeah. There are male derby leagues, I think, but I don't know if there's any here. No, I I know they and it, this is the interesting thing about derby. There's a if you ever want to like look up more information, YouTube is full of derby stuff, as well as um a great little introduction to it, which is called um part of the Weird Wonderful World, uh, series on the YouTube channel Watcher, um, run by um Shane Day and Ryan Bagara, and they like went and did an episode. Um, about all these weird things that they've discovered in the world. And one of the episodes was about roller derby in America. Mm. And it was a very 101 kind of teaching you the like how to keep the momentum going, how to like slow yourself down, how to kind of work at points. How you, you know, There's so much. It, it is, as you say, a skill. It's not just like rolling around um, uh, and attacking people. Yeah, it doesn't. It also looks probably a lot more fun than like it's kind of like I find it as interesting as people would watch rugby. Um, yeah, it's very like it's very strange because it's an interesting sport. It's a little like it's a little bit also like wrestling. I think it's like it's very theatrical. I thought that. Yeah. One of my friends really loves wrestling, and she was telling me about it and the techniques they use. And I was like, it's kind of like a dance in yeah. a way. It is. It's it's very much very aggressive like, dance. It's a, everything is a very aggressive dance when it comes to um, derby and M E M M. Um, what is it? M E E. Is that the term for wrestling? Oh God! Anyone, anyone who actually like likes wrestling will shoot so me right sorry. now. I know. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't mind wrestling, but I never got into it. And mm. I think there were only two sports that I ever really enjoyed, which was roller derby and mm. um, soccer. Because mm. soccer is interesting when it's World Cup. And the only reason I like World Cup is I like knowing which country wins. Mm. And that's always, I think, a very interesting thing. But I <laughs> I grew up not on sport. I grew up on British Bake Off. So, <laughs> so my ter- <laughs> terms of like baking competitions is way more interesting than watching a, um, a soccer game. Uh, and it's so funny because I have a friend at work who will, you know, talk to me every day about the games that he watches and this was one of the days we had horse racing on and mm-hmm. i referred to it as the racing game yeah it is a racing game but like it technically is it, yeah technically. it's a ga- it's the game of racing <laughs> but he was like you mean the race and i was like yeah the racing game <laughs> I, I guess it falls under the category yeah um, but how did you fall into roller derby? How did that kind of like come about? Really good question. So uh, I saw Whip It <laughs> yes, <laughs> from a young age and um, I did rollerblade when I was a kid. Obviously, I, I figure skated for like six years. Um, so I've always loved skating, but I'd never roller skated as in quad skating. Yeah. Um, and then uh, someone I work with was in our league and it was like a whole bunch of us from work at a bar and I'd had a lot of wine. And we just started talking about roller derby and I was like, oh my God, I want to join. <laughs> I don't know if Sober Me would have been like, oh yeah, no, I'd love to. But yeah, Drunk, sure, drunk was very excited Drunk you was like, yes. Yeah. And then I saw her a few days later at work and I was like, oh, roller derby, send me the information. Because I got myself all excited when I was drunk. <laughs> and uh, then she sent me information for a, um, she, she sent me an email for the info night. Oh, this yeah. was ages ago because it was like pre-COVID. 
So the, the, that feels like such a long time. It ago. was like honestly like March last year, I think. Wow. Because I just moved to Sydney, so I could just get the bus home, which was great, rather than getting a train for two hours. Yeah, because you um, you grew up in the Central Coast. I grew up. Uh, yeah, I'm a coastie. You coastie. I'm sure, there's um, a lot of coasties out there. If if anyone doesn't actually know where the Central Coastie is, which I'm sure some people listening to this will not have any clue of how Australia is laid out, um, Central Coast is kind of like an hour. About an hour and a bit. An hour and a, about an hour, an hour and a half. It's between Sydney and Newcastle, yeah. basically. And it's kind of like this in-between point yeah. um, where it's like all these little city town things. Yeah, but um, really nice beaches. Yeah, really nice beaches. Uh, hit and miss in terms of people, but really nice <laughs> beaches. There are a lot of bogans. I don't know. Not a lot. In Gosford? All you have to do is walk the main street and you'll spot them. Oh, <laughs> Touché. It's like being at a zoo. With- <laughs> it's just Bogan's. Uh, I went to a lo- work with a lot of people from Gosford, so I can't go to size Gosford. My boss was from Gosford, so. Okay, apologies, but That's they a- know what Gosford is like. Yeah, they. Th- th- the funny thing was he was a regular at the Bunnings in Gosford. West Gosford? Must have been, yeah. Um, they have a good snack stand there. They do. Mm, I've heard. I actually went to Gosford like ages ago. I've been to, I've been to the Central Coast a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't like it very much except for the beaches. Like, I like the scenery, but I don't like, I don't like how long the roads, like, it's very drivable, but I think that's what I kind of like. What I like about some areas is their walkability and Central Uh, Coast is not a very walkable. Probably, I call Terrigal the CBD of the coast. Yeah, Terrigal apparently is quite nice. You can walk to bars, restaurants, to the beach. Um, I have a friend who grew up in Terrigal. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, it is quite nice. He now lives in um, Hornsby. Hmm. So he moved quite far out of Terrigal. <laughs> I think it's also a little bit nicer for him because Hornsby's not a bad area. Yeah, apart from COVID. <laughs> COVID. Every, well, look, everywhere's a bit shit because of COVID, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, I know. Nowhere is really safe. And there's other thing as well. Um, because it, how would you describe us? Liberal... Like left-wing yeah, millennials. Yeah, left-wing millennial liberal haters, <laughs> liberal government haters. But uh, we're technically liberal as in like, you know. Like, yeah. It's, it's inter- confusing. So we're liberal. <laughs> Why the Liberal Party has called themselves that is a big fuck you to the society, I swear. Um, so neither of us like the current government um, that's in charge. I am super in love with uh, Jacinda Ardern because she is amazing. I have met her. Have you? Oh. She's lovely. I met her um, in a bar in Wellington. Did you have a drink with her? No. No. (laughs) That's like sounding like you were picking up the uh, New Zealand Yeah, it kind of did, did (laughs) it? She's like, guess what I did while I was on my holidays? (laughs) I picked up the PM in New Zealand. (laughs) She and I got along like, lad. (laughs) I had had some gins. Of course. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of Emily's stories start with her drinking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's making me sound like a bit of an alcoholic. I'm not. I'm just a lot of fun when <laughs> I have alcohol. <laughs> She's fun when she does it, don't worry. Oh good. Um <laughs> Yeah, I met I met her we just we went into this bar with a whole group of people and I was like, that's the Prime Minister and they were like, um, no, that was not the Prime Minister. And I was like, uh-huh, yeah, it was. And then we walked back and they were like, oh, that is the Prime Minister. And then my friend 
dragged me into because I wasn't going to do anything. I was like, I can't go and talk to her. And my friend was like, no, we have to go. We have to go. So I've just like went over very, very reluctantly. But like, of course, I'd like to talk to her. But I also don't want to barge in on her dinner with her partner. Um, and I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> I think I just gushed. I think I just said, we love you. <laughs> Bye. I was like, I'm from Australia. It was um, a couple months after the Christchurch Oh, massacre. yes. Yeah. Um, so I like didn't, obviously it was a very traumatic event for New Zealand because um, I wanted to mention that to her and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want her dinner. Like I just said, we love everything you're doing yeah. and really appreciate it. And then she asked me what I was doing there and like where I was working and she said she liked my necklace, which I had bought that day. So now it's my Jacinda necklace. Oh, mm. I love it. And it's uh. like a little audio waveform. Oh, it's like a heartbeat. Oh, I love it's that. It's like a waveform. Yeah. Um, audio nerd right there. Mm. <laughs> you are a bit. You little are. bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, I mean, well, that's so cool. But how did you get started working for the ABC? Let's, let's dig into a bit of that. I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like putting you on the pedals at all. Well, a, a bit of background. I was working in, on film sets first. I was working in customer service and then in film I was a boom op, which for anyone, a lot of people don't even know what a boom op is. No, they don't. So it's like you're not like you're not like the sound recordist, but you're, <laughs> I don't even know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're essentially so the way to describe Capturing. it, yeah. You're so a- you're holding the microphone close to the actors, but on a rod, yeah, that is suspended above your your head, essentially. Yeah, only sometimes. And then sometimes like yeah. that. That oh. is also a bit of a dance. It is, isn't it? It's it's actually very lovely to watch. Hmm. Um, you gotta have really good upper arm strength mm-hmm. after a while. Climbing helps with that. Does it? <laughs> um, yeah. but. Yeah, so I was I was doing that, and and then I I was applying for jobs because um, I didn't really want to freelance straight out of uni. That's fair. And then I just saw it, and it was it was only op- the job was only open for a little bit, and I applied for it. I went in. I I didn't even think that like the interview. I didn't even think that I got it, but wow. um, the next day, it was and it was a very cool day. It was like the best day. And how long have you been working there now? Um, since August, 2019. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a little bit of time. And now you're kind of like, oh, look at me comfy. And there's uh, things, there's things happening. Yeah. There's things, <laughs> this thing's progressing. Things progressing. Yeah. No, it's a great place to work. Um, and hopefully you can sneak me in there one day. I, I cannot condone this on your podcast. <laughs> look, one day, one day. I will condone this on my podcast. I, I can't. So... <laughs> Just give me a job there. <laughs> get you a job. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out. I can Thank keep you. an eye out. Thank You're... you. I love the ABC. I've grown up loving Actually, it. I remember like the first time I started talking to you ages ago, you were like, are they hiring? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was literally like the first ever question I asked her because we had a mutual friend. He worked for um, nine when I worked mm. there. And <laughs> when I left, oh God, there was an uproar. Uh, when I left. <laughs> no one wanted me to leave. Aww, um, like none of the nice. people I worked with wanted me to leave yeah. because they really liked my work ethic. Um, so when I now work, um, for seven, mm-hmm. which is where I work currently, mm-hmm. um, it was, it's very much like, mm-hmm. you know, 
just a very similar it's funny it's very similar in a you know tv is td like a lot of it is yeah. the way it operates is very similar per place you work mm. i think the difference is the what technology they use and every station uses a different kind of tech different mm. kind of ways of getting things in um and i think there's it's just i work with some of the nicest people yeah like i've, I've got such a good team yeah. At the com- um at Seven now. Yeah. Like the people I know and stuff. And so it is becoming another family to me. Like yeah. I still got my family at nine, but it it's funny how quickly a TV mm. environment kind of becomes yeah. your family. I don't think people talk enough about that. Yeah. You know, with with doing that. They, you get a sense of really like the excitement of mm. um I guess being in TV and mm. being in this kind of like I want to say shitty rot- like hours because it is shitty. Like people who watch TV don't realize that before the TV goes to air, hmm. there are people up hours before <laughs> before oh then. Gosh. Like there's people up at four a.m. for breakfast television, like to get ready for five thirty. Like, it, it, yeah, that's yeah. my life tomorrow. I'm on breakfast TV. I'm I have to set up breakfast television, which is fine. Yeah. I love doing it. It's my favorite shift, but. It's it's diff- It's definitely like the one where I wake up at three a.m. and the first thing I do is go coffee. Three a.m. Yeah, so I get up like ten oh past three crap. and have a shower and go. Wow! Oh my gosh! But but you finish. I finish at midday. Then. Yeah, that's good. Um, but you'd but, be exhausted. Uh, less so than you think. It used mm. to be more exhausting when I started. Mm. Um, you know, I do twelve hours. <laughs> Nothing's really as exhausting as a 12-hour overnight. Yeah. Um, 7 p.m. Yeah. till 7 a.m. Well, sweet spots. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's each their own. Um, <laughs> such a such a random thought. It's like, each their own, I guess. Um, I choose this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't, like, I, the thing is, you when you find your groove in these shifts, they're fine. It's just, I remember when I started doing a 12-hour shift, I used to do, like, eight hours. So when I started doing 12, by the time I got eight hours in, I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready to go home. Mm. Like, my body was just ready. Yeah. Now I can do a 12-hour shift and get yeah. to about, like, probably 5, 6 p.m., which is 11 hours into the shift and be fine. Like, yeah. st- pretty ready to go home, but it yeah. definitely strikes me later in the shift. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I think shift work makes me work harder mm. now than it did before. Like, I'm more interested in coming home after a shift and doing extra cl- curriculum stuff. I'm weird. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> um, you know, we both do podcasts. Like, we clearly yeah. enjoy doing stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 very, like, do you find the same with you kind of, like, are you a bit of a workaholic as well? Like, do you kind of not mm. have the ability to switch off? Or I don't think I'm a workaholic. <laughs> I think, uh I'm no, just a rare breed then. that's a hard no. I'm definitely not a workaholic. I enjoy my downtime. Um, depends how much stress I'm feeling, I think. But uh, I enjoy doing projects outside of work because it's kind of gives me a lot of purpose. Yeah, so like podcasting like, and short films yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's which we uh, you and know. music. Yeah, which um, we'll go into a bit about mm. music mm-hmm. in a tick because we've got a lot to talk about with Taylor. Um, <laughs> with Tay-Tay. Um, my baby. My Tay-Tay. baby. My baby Tay-Tay. Um, yeah, I'm like, how did that, you know, what do you find with when you, you know, with projects? Do you still do film projects occasionally? Um, or is that kind of like petered out? Not not really. I think I kind of got a bit over working on sets. 
kind of <laughs> I found it very stressful, I think, and also very physically tolling as a yeah. up. Um but I think it's been long enough now that I'm like, oh, I'd like to do some short films and stuff outside of work. Um I forgot where I was going with this. What was your question? <laughs> I said, oh, oh, like, look, I forgot my question. I was just listening to you now. Um, no, it was literally just about what do you, you know, um, what do you enjoy about film, basically? And the, because you studied film as well. I did. I did study film and I don't really enjoy film as much anymore. Is it because it's, you studied it, do you think? I think it's because I worked in it. Yeah. <laughs> it just like, because. <laughs> Because now when I watch films, all I'm thinking is I wonder what decisions were behind this. And like, ah, so you're kind of like the you know the crazy curriculum brain on. Yeah. Where you've got to analyze everything. Yeah, I just end up analyzing it and I f honestly forget about what they're talking about because I'm looking at the shot and, I'm th and in my mind I'm thinking if it's a moving shot, I'm like, I wonder what the boom person did for that. And where's their mic? I will spend so much time watching something looking for where they put the mic. Like, I'm like, wow, they hit it really, really well. This is a hard costume to mic up. And next thing I know, I've missed an entire scene <laughs> because I've just been thinking about that. Is that what you did when you watched The Haunting on Fire? Um, no. Or did you actually follow the story for that one? I, I did. I think I analyzed the acting. Yeah, which and, who doesn't in a horror film, and the really? Cos the costumes. Uh, I don't know. I just end up... Analyze and probably the editing analyzed as well. It's well edited. It is. It's actually like it's really well made. Yeah. Um, aesthetically. Mm. Uh, and directing not always, but aesthetically. Mm. <laughs> aesthetically, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. I guess with other films as well. Is it just like any film you watch now? Like every film? Um. Oh no, it's not all the time. Like I will. How watch do you switch it off? Um. If the film's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I can switch it off. Like Knives Out. Oh, yeah. Knives Out is brilliant. So. I was like, oh, my God. If the writing is really good, yeah, then I won't think about that stuff as much. Um, I'm so glad you enjoyed Knives Out. <laughs> I loved that movie. Oh, my God. Really and the only time I'll really think about mics is if I see the mic pack. On is that the, often? The, a little bit. You can see. At least you can figure out where they've put it. Oh, because of the weird lump. Yeah, because they'll just have like a antenna. <laughs> like just emerging from their back. They're like, and they are droid yeah. number 34. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it's not every, it's not every film. Oh, that's good. You haven't destroyed your. It depends how distracted I am as well. I have okay. to be in a movie mode. And it's not often, is it? Mm. <laughs> I like, I'm, I like watching the same Things, which makes me sound really boring, but I just enjoy the shows that I enjoy. So she likes wine and, and watching the same things. Oh my God, I sound so basic. <laughs> wine, cheese, and like the same show three times in a row. You like music though. You're a I big music. I love music. Which is interesting because did film get you into music or mu were you always interested in music? I always, I think I loved music videos first. And that got and you into maybe, film. Yeah, probably got me into film. I don't even know. I think I just liked making shitty films when <laughs> I was younger. So then I was like, oh, well, then I'll do this. And then you realize what the industry is actually like. And really shit. <laughs> yep. And I was like, whoa, work-life balance is more of a priority for me. 
I don't want to work 14 hour. No, it's it, it sucks you up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like not working 14 hour days, but I also, when I do work, for, you know, long hour days, you do feel a little bit like, Ooh, it was worth it. Like, yeah. if it's something good comes out of it. If you're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, right? Not if it's free. I've done a lot of unpaid. I mean, yeah, a lot of people have. Um, um, woofed. I've done so many unpaid gigs. It's not even funny. Yeah. It's just the fact of life now. Yeah. I just cry every time. <laughs> That's, That's all to... you can do. I... <laughs> you got to cry it out. I just got to cry while I go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like sleep it off. You haven't truly worked on a set unless you've burst into tears. At least once. That's true, actually. You haven't really been yelled at unless you burst into tears. I think is the... And I yeah. have been on set and yelled at at least twice. Mm. Who by? Like, as to a floor in... manager once. Okay, yeah. Which was fair. Like, he didn't really yell at me. He just kind of lectured me. And I felt very upset because it was my first ever kind of on set. Yeah. Proper. I, it was my first ever paid on set thing. Yeah. So I wasn't sure kind of how to mm. act because everyone was being really laxed. Mm. And I think he picked on me because I was the newest to set an example yep. to the older people. Mm. Um, But also kind of illogical a little bit. And he also, he apologized later. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, but I was still a little bit like, yeah um but definitely like i think other sets i've been in i've definitely had arguments on set as well i have mm. i'm very like quiet now on sets mm. um i tend not to speak much yeah unless i'm directing yeah and that's the only thing because i'm not doing anything if i'm not directing there's no point for me to say anything no i think you're supposed to the worst thing is when like people who aren't in charge are loud <laughs> yeah think. And it's like even as other crew members, if you see people doing that, it's like, oh god. Yeah, it's, it's like... um, it's just a bit like it's also though the, the projects that I try to do or get involved with tend to have to be fun. Yeah, and it's like I always love that fun kind of like mm. good vibe. Yeah. Um, and since I do a lot of editing as well, it's mm. kind of like it's weird. It's a very weird world because editing you have so much gut instinct. You know what mm. works and what doesn't. So you get your shots, you get everything laid in front of you and then you have a director kind of go, oh, I want this to be like this. Yeah. And then you translate that and they go, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, I, oh why does it look shit? <laughs> and there's a funny little meme that goes around which just goes, the director never likes their first cut because they realize how many things don't work in their head. Yeah. And it's yeah. true. Like, mm. you never like anything in face value when you mm. see it because it's not how your head pitches it. Yeah. But your head cannot um, has an infinite amount of imagination. Yeah. Your, your physical existence does not. Yeah. It is limited to what elements of, like, uh, physics will allow. Yeah. <laughs> so we are a little <laughs> bit stumped. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of that with editing mm. was mm. kind of like putting this jigsaw together and explaining it to why they mm. needed extra shots or why you needed establishing shots and stuff. Mm. Um, I think a prime example was one of the films we just watched, Mm. um, which I won't name, but (laughs) the one um, about the guy who was like out and about in Sydney and uh, the last one we watched, so just to clarify, um, the one you didn't like (laughs) and you were very confused by. I had had a lot of issues with that film. But a lot of those establishing shots, we ended up having to film on a day when the director wasn't around because we needed extra shots to fill the sequences. Because they now didn't... this makes sense. Uh, 
So it was like, you they know. They were nice filler shots. They were nice filler shots. But, you know, a lot of those, like, I need establishing shots. Mm. People don't think establishing shots are a big deal, but they are. Mm. They're, mm. like, so crucial because people as an audience need to know the setting yeah. you're in. And it's like, oh, they're here in a city, in a CBD. And, uh, it's just small <laughs> things. Just Christ, yeah. people. you got to get the location. Um, but, yeah, and I, what do you enjoy about sound? Like, what did you enjoy about sound? I liked, um, I did enjoy the technical part of it. I was never like super into technical stuff. I feel like it's a sweeping generalization, but as a, as a female, you're not, you're generally growing up not encouraged to get into tech things. And like, it's just, it's not really something that's actively, I don't know. And as a female now? It's it's harder trying to understand this stuff later in life. I think that was something I struggled with, but I found it really interesting. I think because I have a music background, a lot of people who are soundies actually have had music backgrounds. Mm, yeah. There's a lot of that aspect. What would you play? Hmm? What do you play? As oh, what do I play? Yeah. Instruments. I play guitar, piano, ukulele, um, and I sing a little bit. Not much. I'm in a choir. <laughs> oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. Is this a, Is there going to be a demo? A demo? I'm not going to start singing. We did a performance um, at Summer Hill. Oh. Mm-hmm. If you would like to check that out, is it somewhere on YouTube? Um, It's it's on my account, which is private. <laughs> so You're like, no one will see it in the night of day. I think the choir director might post it. Post oh, it okay. It was over Christmas that we did that. Yeah, it was fun. But I've always, like, just enjoyed singing. Um, I used to sing a lot of Delta Goodrum songs in my room. Do I blame you? No. And my brother used to yell at me to stop singing. <laughs> so my singing career died very early. <laughs> just because <'cause laughs> of your brother. Just because, yeah, that's the, he crushed my dreams. He knew early on. He was like, you know what? Emily won't have dreams. I'm not singing. I'll just decimate them now. And then I learned how to harmonize when I was like 17. Oh, wow. So it was, it was later on. It's actually from a Taylor Swift video. That one with Zac Efron on the Ellen show. They Which did a cover of Pumped Up Kicks. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay. Well, Taylor harmonized and then I just went from there. I think I enjoy harmonizing to a lot of Taylor's music because I have a similar range to her, which is like, it's like mezzo soprano. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's See, like mid-up, upper yeah. range. I know little next to nothing about singing anymore. Mm. I did it at a very young age. Oh. I was quite good at it, apparently. Really? Yeah, I used to sing a fair bit. That probably means that you're still good at it. I think my voice broke and I just have had no vocal oh, training okay. since. <laughs> YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're, they're, I used to be part of um, uh, kids group and stuff mm. into my like early teens. And then I stopped, but all my high school teachers wanted me to learn how to sing. So mm. I was like, I was apparently very, it was because I was a very active kid. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to, I, I th- it's probably why I've enjoyed musical theatre, to be honest. Yeah. I love musicals. Yeah. Always have. Um, it's funny, my mum hates musicals. <laughs> it's like the complete opposite. Yeah. But um, yeah, grew up on like Rocky Horror Picture Show and all that, um, mm-hmm. uh, which explains a lot about my adult life uh, <laughs> um and I, I think just like 
you know, singing a lot along with sing-alongs and stuff. I love kind of like musical shows and, you know, stuff like that. I'm just terrible at harmonizing now. Mm. I should just repractice. But apparently, though, my voice is actually like really good. I think it sounds nasally as fuck, but apparently it's quite good. No, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Let's see. Although that video, I think you sent me that video of you in the control room going, oh, by myself. So, yeah, no, it was awful. I don't think that was your actual voice. <laughs> no, that was like, that was my. The, so the. De- <laughs> oh, by myself. That's not your actual voice. I think you can sing. I'm sure I can sing. Mm-hmm. I've just got to retrain my voice to do it. Great. Well, I brought my guitar. No. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is it's also, it is retraining. Like it's just, it's a yeah. constant, like the, the the thing, singing, if you can naturally sing, woo, if you, you need training, which is something I need, you know, because then I can actually work out which muscles do what. Um, yeah, I probably do too. Yeah. I, like I wanted to be a voice actor for years mm, yeah. and that would be great to retrain my voice and get mm. to do more voice work because I love voice. Um, <laughs> but no, let's talk about sing- singing and music and stuff because mm-hmm. let's talk about Taylor Swift. Before, what's your favourite musical? Oh, God. Uh, that is a very deep question. Mm. Um, Top three. Little Shop of Horrors. Okay, yeah, yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. Matilda. I haven't really listened to that one. Tim Minchin wrote that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Bloody loved it. Mm. So, it has children singing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's really good singing. Not very good with children singing. <laughs> it just likes, I'm like, oh. I just don't think you're very good with children. <laughs> what? I'm great with kids. <laughs> just them like, singing. Just don't like them singing in a group. <laughs> and having fun. <laughs> and having fun. Secretly the Grinch. <laughs> That explains why you were wearing green all day. No one can see you. I'm wearing red. <laughs> Don't ruin the illusion. <laughs> Lying about me. Um, my top three. Yeah, what's your top three? Is uh, it's. I feel like it's probably a lot of people's top three. It's Wicked. It's yeah, my, I was going to say Wicked. It's Wicked's my number great. one. I've seen that twice. That's so love, good. I With the original Sydney show. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole like dragon that went. I think so. Like, it was a while ago. yeah, it was like halfway through the break, and then once the break ended, it started flapping, and I was like, "Well, that was worth the yes." To looking at the prop for like two hours, <laughs> I was like staring at it intently, like going, "When's it yeah. gonna move? Is that movable?" Yeah. And then it does move. Yeah, and it's so cool. Yeah. Um, because I felt like it would have been a waste of money had it not. Had the, had the dra- is it a dragon? Was it a dragon? Yeah, it was a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to pick Hamilton. Definitely. I haven't seen Hamilton. Have yet. you listened to the soundtrack? No. Oh my goodness. Lin Manuel though. He's fantastic. That's why more, I love. Well, more. no, it's not why I love Moana. I love Moana for this. Very, will, that's a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Moana for many different reasons, and Moana is a great film. Moana is actually a fantastic film. I love it. I've seen it like ten times. Really? Um. Yeah. It's like my favorite. One of my favorite films. Um. Oh, what's the other one? It's between Waitress or Dear Evan Hansen. Probably Dear Evan Hansen. I think. Okay, I don't know that one. I know of Waitress, but I don't know that one. Yeah. Well, do you know like um, Greatest Showman and La La Land? Yes. So same writers. Oh, uh, can I just say I did not like La La Land. <gasps> really? Yeah. What was what about it? Didn't you like? I don't know. There was just so much about it that I just went. 
to whereas I actually haven't seen The Greatest Showman, which really is quite appalling. I think you'd like it. it is... I feel like I would too because I really like the soundtrack. Oh yeah, um, amazing! But I think music. when I, when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh, this looks really bad. Mm. Um, and I think it was because none of the advertising did it any justice. I feel yeah. like the film's a lot better than the advertising made it out to be. Yeah, it's a little problematic. But... Yeah, apparently the guys. <laughs> so the guy who was based on is also a big dickhead in real life. Like the circus owner really? was not like a good. He literally, note. he was awful. Like, yeah. what was his name? Barnum. Yeah. Yeah, PJ Barnum or P. something. PT Barnum? Uh, PT Barnum, I think. Is that it? I don't know. But, yeah, he was a horrible, horrible person. So they've kind of glorified him in this film, which is problematic. I understand, I think, I feel like they're trying to relay, like, a new message, but it's very hard when you're basing it on someone real who was yeah. horrible. You can't really just pretend that person did <laughs> Just like doing things. Hitler as, like, a good guy. <laughs> I mean, like, you know what? I liberated everyone. Hitler the musical. <laughs> I would like, um, what's that song Mel Brooks wrote, which was um, springtime for Hitler and Germany? Um, mm-hmm. Have you not heard that? It's great. It's in a film called The Producers. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's a very funny film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, like, I think Mel Brooks is a really funny comedian, mm-hmm. like a really good American comedian. And yes, to anyone who has actually seen these films, they are from the 50s or 60s. Mm-hmm. They are quite old now. Yeah. But, you know, they are a product of their time, mm. some of the jokes. So bear in mind. Anyway, well, let's talk about Taylor. We, we're already getting... Okay. So when did you get introduced to Taylor Swift? It was the summer of... <laughs> <laughs> the summer of 1989, before I was born. <laughs> before I was born. Um, my parents gave me the Fearless CD for Christmas 2009. Wow. And um, I remember I really wanted the Lily Allen CD, which I got as well. And Fearless, I didn't really want as much, so... Because I got the Lily Allen one, I was like, oh, I probably won't really listen to the Fearless CD. I was like, I don't know anything about her. I don't really care. <laughs> and then I put it on and I loved um, Jump Then Fall. That was like the first song I really liked. Um, and I don't know. I don't even remember. It just went from there. It was right before she was touring Fearless. So I didn't get to that concert. Oh, wow. Okay. That, it was that long ago. <laughs> I was like 14. Um, and then I think the next album... That I got, I got her debut album. I remember the day I bought that. I just got it from Target or something. And so that's when I like started getting into her discography. And then um, I was there for When Speak Now came out. And I remember listening to it. My friend downloaded like an illegal copy. Like, you know, before, kind of doesn't happen as much anymore. But um, before albums came out, people would leak them online. So my friend got me like a leaked copy. Of course, I was going to buy it, but I just wanted to listen to it before and i listened to it like in class between (laughs) between things um and loved that and i don't know ever since then and it's kind of a tradition not as much anymore because now she's releasing it online but i used to just go in and buy the cd sit down and read the lyrics in the album booklet oh yeah i'd listen to it but now it's not really as much an option yeah i feel as um with her you know like she's now released God, it feels like two albums dropped last year, didn't they? Yeah. It's like nine. The, Evermore so, was her ninth album. Yeah, Evermore dropped last year and Folklore dropped at what, the beginning of the year? July. Really? End of July and Evermore uh, dropped early December. That's insane. Yeah. Like it was just a big kind of, and, and both of those albums came out of nowhere. Like she didn't have any pre, um, 
announcements or anything. They were just like, by the way, in the next 24 hours, there's going to be a new album. Yeah. And I was like, okay. For folklore, I woke up to like so many messages from people. Yeah. I like, And when I saw it, I fell out of bed <laughs> onto the ground. I was like, what? Oh my God. I didn't have time to like get excited. I was on a Zoom call that whole day for work. So oh, no. I was just sitting there knowing this album was out and I couldn't listen to it because I was on a Zoom call and had to have my camera on. And you're like, I have to be professional. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sucks. I know. But I don't know. It made it night because I didn't get to properly listen, in t- listen to it until later. Then I just walked. It was like 11 p.m. and I just yeah. went to the park and listened to it. So it's nice because that's like kind of associated most with that. But... um. Her, I reckon, yeah, 1989 was, like, peak. Peak. Peak, like, that part of Taylor, which which makes sense. She was mid-20s. Yeah. It was, like, her coming of age. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think it was, like, Lover. Lover's a weird album. It's, for me, I think sonically, it feels like an in-between album. It does. Kind of like how Red feels. Red is an amazing album. Red is an amazing album. It was was country country. to pop. Yeah. And then Lover was kind of like this mix of a lot of things as well. Lover had some really like, it had a lot of similar folklore-ish. I think so. Yeah. It was kind of where she was going. And then that felt like her new tonal vibe for a while. And then she'll probably morph into something else. I think like she's done with reputation though. The whole reputation vibe. I think it was. I think that was her just oh, I rebellious about reputation. <laughs> yeah. Rebellious yeah. vibe because it was a lot of her saying to the music industry, "Fuck you." Yeah. Um. She didn't do an interview for three years. Yeah. Because so, it was the whole. She was getting fucked around a lot. Yeah, she did, and we won't go into the Kim and Kanye <laughs> incident. It makes me very angry. <laughs> Ooh. I know the one you're talking about, but yes. Um. And when people are just like, she's shady, it was her fault. I'm like, you want to go? Do you want to sit here? And I'll pull up a PowerPoint. <laughs> Emily's got a small PowerPoint that she just pointed to. and uh, It's very portable. I don't know how she got in here. Um, I managed somehow. You managed somehow. It's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think, I think also with, that whole industry she's done she's such an advocate as well mm. for a lot of like rights and people's equal say and equal rights in america yeah. um and she's done a couple of documentaries now she did miss yeah. america yeah which is a miss great americana do- sorry miss yes. americana um which is on netflix mm-hmm. and yeah. what was the, the disney plus one that she did recently oh, which was just about the- it was like the long pond sessions yeah and it was just a studio kind of like them chatting about the album and kind of like the covid kind of pandemic outbreak yeah. stuff and how they've been coping with it um but it, it, it's very interesting because she's always been an advocate and very you know real mm. she's like had she's the probably the most the funny thing is she's awkward as anything as well which i think is so endearing she's not like this yeah um uh, you know, when you expect musicians to be really confident or anything, yeah, she is so like, oh my god, I'm just as awkward as anyone yeah. else. She is just a yeah. fangirl herself, yeah. And I think 
it's just she's grown up she's also totally aware of the environment she's grown up with yeah so she's not like going i'm you know just like you you and i yeah. where i've grown up just like, she's like no i've grown up in a much better environment than yeah. most people yeah but i'm also not gonna you know be like oh i'm get like everyone else it's like i know yeah. i've grown up in this environment so i'm gonna yeah. do as much as i can with the voice that i've got yeah to make the world a better place yeah. and she does and whether or not yeah. she cops flack for that which she does yeah. um it's yeah. it's kind of extraordinary because it's just you know she's such a advocate for good yeah and i think she does cop a lot of flack i think when you're that successful as as a female in that industry yeah it just like attracts so much criticism think, it's like damned if you do damned if you don't i think it's very hard um yeah just to be a female in any of this industry but mm. um d- i think it's also just you know when you're she's got female pa she tries to clear out as many male like assistants that she can she's very like i think to have that voice of reason hmm. um which you know i think is very interesting because when you know you want to be in position it's very it just baffles me a little bit sorry i'm just going back on the whole feminist angle and everything yes. but it just baffles me so much where it's like you know you give people the voice of reason and just send it mm. you know go back to her is a woman in charge yeah and it just baffles me that you kind know, of like people think that women can't do these things like yeah. they're incapable i'm like they more. they do better jobs than most of the men <laughs> like hello <laughs> They just don't want to accept that times have moved on from the 50s. Yeah, I know, which is what most of the men want to, you know, be like, oh, it's still the 50s, is it? <laughs> Look at this. I can still glorify women if I want to. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Um, but, yeah, it's it's very, um, you know, I feel like she's such an advocate for good. And mm. I just, I, I adore her in many different yeah. ways. Mm. Um I like massive crush on her, and like as most mm-hmm. people do. <laughs> I think everyone, if you have not got a crush on Taylor Swift, what is wrong? <laughs> she's just, she is amazing as a person. Yeah. Um, and yes, I do want to own more merch of her. Yeah. But it's just like a financial <laughs> death. Costs a lot. I've got my, I've got so much Doctor Who merch. Like adding Taylor Swift on top of it. Like I showed you how much that cardigan cost. Do you remember it was like oh, 329 yes. yeah. pounds or something like that? And yeah. I'm like, that's like 600 and something Australian dollars. Whoa, oh my god! Because you think about the conversion. Yeah, that's true. Can you get a second handful? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I want that cardigan so much, but it must have been made from wool that was like yeah. the finest wool in all of mm. England. Um, you can just have my spare TS shirt. <laughs> um, it's too big for me. <laughs> really? It's like a, it's like a boat. Um, a boat? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying. <laughs> it was a very... <laughs> Justin, I wear boats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sailboats in particular. Not tugboats, <laughs> sailboats. Um, oh, it's been a long day. We've been watching many, many. Um, mm-hmm. We ate ramen before this as well. Yeah. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, like, what else do you want to say about Taylor? I, I love Taylor. I could just adore her. Oh, I, I love her. <laughs> um, I don't know, massive influence. I think, I think a lot of people don't understand the stuff that she does for artists as well, the things she's fighting for. Yeah. For artists to own their work. Yeah, she's a big advocate for Mm -hmm. that. She's trying to get all her... So she owns the lyrics and stuff and the beats to her original songs, but she don't owns... She don't own... She she doesn't own the Mm -hmm. masters. Yeah. So essentially she has no legal rights to the albums up until uh, Lover. 
which yeah. is insane. It is. It's it's pretty crazy, and um, it's pretty desp- despicable the way they treated her. Yeah. So she's now re-recording. Yeah. All of that music. Albums one through five. I think I don't think she's re-recording Reputation. No, would you blame her? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's still semi-recent. Yeah, that, and she probably re-recorded it at some point. Yeah, like when you think about it, 1989 was now like that came out in 2014, 2016. Like seven years ago now. Wait, 2014. Uh, good. Yeah, I think it did. Um, great album. That's right, because I was in Hawaii. Uh. But yeah, I, I can't. I, I've listened to that album so many times, mm. and I will be intrigued to see what she does with this. Is kind of the thing. It'll be a comparison. Mm. Um, and there's part of me that I'm really excited to be like, yeah. oh, this is what yeah. you want it to sound like. Yeah. But your new version, like the, yeah. what with all the history and experience that you've had. Yeah. This is how you're interpreting it now in your 30s. Yeah. Rather than someone in their early 20s, mm. um, because you know there's that song of 22, which is yeah, you know. She had um, just turned uh, 22 and like, um, hang on, then that must have made that 2011. Well, that was Red, which was 2012. Yeah, so tw- did 22 come out in Red? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Why am I getting it in 1989 then? I don't know. You can ask me anything. I'll be honest. <laughs> okay, there we go. I thought I was right and then I was going, no, you're right. Yeah, no, it's all coming back to me now. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was 2012. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the comment. <laughs> Sorry, I just got picked apart. <laughs> um, well worth it. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, these are so early on in her career. Yeah. It feels insane. Yeah. And there'll probably be a bit of an eye opener for her. It's interesting because there's a line in uh, one of the bonus tracks of Evermore. Yeah. Where she talks about, and she mentions this in the documentary as well, where it's like she's still 23 and she's frozen. Because she talks about how a lot of celebrities get frozen at the age they became famous. Oh, okay. So it's interesting that she talks about that. (laughs) Because what does that mean? Like, does it mean that it just took her a long time to be able to feel like she could grow up? Yeah, I guess. I think it was a lot of like, um, she went through a lot of stages of maturity, a lot of relationships. A lot of relationships. I feel like a normal amount for someone of her age. And also, I feel like it would be hard to date as a celebrity. I know, right? Oh, I know, right? Everyone was like, oh my God, she's gone through so many relationships. I'm like, she was not that many. She also, although she did take and date some hunks. <laughs> some hunks. <laughs> some hunks of meat. Um, like Tom Hiddleston. She dated yeah. him for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um... Her newest one is an actor, a British actor. Yeah, Joe Owen. Yeah, they've, I haven't seen much of what he's in. They've been together like four, five years. Yeah, which is insane. Like, that's great. It is good. Yeah, fan, yeah. like, Lover was pretty much like... Yeah, there's like three albums that are about him now, maybe four. Yeah. Or at least that he's mentioned in, so... Which is nice. I think it's a nice change to kind of like hear some positive songs, right? She does write very good breakup songs, though. She does. Yeah. Um, uh we are never getting back together until oh one of my... Oh, my God. That was so good. <laughs> also, the music video to that is just, like, flawless. I love that. It's so early, two thousand, um, yeah. early 2005. Yeah. But, it, like, it makes a lot of sense because a lot of that time where it was, like, serial data, she was, what, like, 22, 23? And yeah. it's like she probably went on a few dates with a few different people and it didn't work out. Yeah. So she wrote songs about it because she was hurt. 
and people were like, no, but she, she writes, she capitalizes on her heartbreak. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but who the fuck does that? <laughs> like who, who, who just goes out to get their heart broken so they can write songs? Like no one does that who is like as empathetic and has much of a heart as her. Like no one, I just thought that was ridiculous when I saw headlines like that back in the day. I think it's, I think it is very ridiculous because, you know, we live in a society where, you know, you, dating is a thing. Like, everyone talks about dating and, you know, and we've got this internet dating now and everything. Like, mm. you know, it's such more of an acceptable platform mm. than it was, you know, to why. Also, I think for girls talking about dating, like, you know, sorry, you know, still not the 50s. We don't, women are allowed to talk about sex and all that fun stuff. Mm. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, when you think about it in the past, that was a very taboo subject of girls going on dates but i most of my close friends are women so it's yeah. like hearing all their stories mm. of kind of like this day went well this day didn't go well like you know mm. all sorts of stories and you just kind of go everyone goes through like probably like five dates um in a short period of time seeing what works and what doesn't mm. and you find the right person or you kind of go, like you know it just develops or sometimes you meet the right person through friends and stuff like this is just her writing about her experiences through song media so i'm with you i'm agreeing 100 yeah. percent. but yeah it's crazy that people mm-hmm. think that you know, you're a serial date. It's like you're a massive manipulator or a time waster or something like that. that. I don't know. Like she says, um, men are strategic, women are calculating. That's how it's – like that is the attitude. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Mm. I think like – I think it's as well, I think with, you know, when you're looking at someone – there's a lot of different ways. I think the older we get, we look at people mm. in terms of dating mm-hmm. in different lights than when we were younger. Yeah. Like when we were younger, we were looking for someone of fun to hang with. Yeah. And now it's kind of just nice. I think the older we get, we're looking both for someone who's fun to hang with, but mm. also will kind of gel a little bit to, you know, take us a little bit out of our comfort zone mm-hmm. and also, but also be happy with our comfort zone. We're yeah. looking for a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, which is a very, like, you know, um, whatever that suits. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, whether you're kind of like, oh, I just want to stay home or, you know. Yeah. But they have to be, like, very on the same page as you. Mm. And I think a lot of people don't understand that when they go into relationships. Who <laughs> <laughs> just think that dating is just like, um, <laughs> you just jump straight into it. And I'm I'm very much, like, always, you know, thinking about, like, oh, how does this work? But I'm obsessed with characters and stuff. So yeah. I think that's also kind of, like, you're asked at a basic age, you know, as an actor or as anything, like how do people connect and how yeah. do, like these things funnel together. Yeah. And sometimes like I've, I know friends who I have known for three years and only just started now breaking mm. a little bit more into who they are. Yeah. Like people sometimes open very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like, oh, I'm guarded. And then, you know, here's the crest, 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 crest. Yeah. Opening up. Um, so, so, you know, people are different. People, you know, let you in at their own pace. Mm-hmm. You've just got to show that trust and that respect. Um, and clearly people weren't showing that to Taylor because <laughs> that's why she had so many like, well, screw you. Yeah. Um, I love it because now that like I'm the same, I'm basically the same age that she was when she kind of did Red 1989. All the stuff that she's like singing about, I'm like, oh, I kind of get it now. <laughs> yeah, men are dicks. <laughs> It's just like a string of mistakes and bad luck. And I'm like, oh, no, I get you now, Taylor. Whereas like when those things came out, I was, what, like 18? Yeah. And I was like, la, 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 this is just nice music. 
And I'll yeah. be like, oh, I understand this, actually. Yeah, there's, there's a... I think that's the same with, like, films. And there's mm. some films that I watched so long ago. I'm like, I don't understand any of this. And now the older I get, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's very relatable. Mm, all right, that's been an adult for you. Um, I know. And that's not a depressing thing. Like, I, I think it's, you know, just the excitement of half the world. Like, mm. you've got to – it's always finding the positive outlook. Yeah. Um, and Taylor does that extremely well. Yeah. Like, she's always trying to find that positive, you know, but she's not, she's not led by fools. Yeah. And I think that, like, that's the difference. And always the message that I take away from her mm. is she doesn't suffer fools lightly. Yeah. She has no tolerance for bullies or anything like that. No. And she'll never turn into one. She's a very, adv- you know, as we said, advocator mm. of good. So. Yeah. And it's funny when you hear people criticize her for being someone good, you're always kind of like, why do you hate her? She's trying to do the right thing. What are you trying to do? I know. It's like, and and again, when when people disvalue her power in the music industry, it's like, look how long she's been around though. Yeah. Like, extremely successful career that's still, like, that's pretty much unheard of. Yeah. To, you know, if she peaked at, in the red era, like, she's just kept going. Like, I know. And going upwards and upwards and breaking records. And it's just, that's why when people are like, oh, who cares about pop stars? It's like, no, actually, it's worth paying attention to. <laughs> I think. Anyway. I think I agree. Yeah. Anyway, ghoulies, ghoulies and ghoulies ghosties. Ghoulies and ghosties. Ghoulies and ghosties. So you do this podcast <laughs> yeah. about ghoulies and ghosties, yes. which is we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Yes. So now you're a skeptic. No. Well, no, sorry, a believer. <laughs> sorry, what am I saying? Whoa, I'm like, have you not listened to anything I've said? <laughs> no, I just went off the books. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Though. Everyone, let's just go back and rewind time. You're a believer. <laughs> Full believer. Um, for, sure. for sure. We've had full conversations about this. I don't know why I said skeptic. Um, yeah, I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the defense, though. You were just like, no! Nah! Um, I'll be called anything. Um, <laughs> but two things, boring and a skeptic. <laughs> I think I've called you both in this. When have you called me boring? No, you called yourself basic. Oh, I did say I was basic. But is that boring? No. <laughs> uh, anyway, enough about your psycho- um, psychological issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I'll save that for another day. <laughs> um, yeah, about the ghoulies and ghosties. Mm-hmm. So you're a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a be- I'm a bit of a believer. I'm probably less of a believer than you mm-hmm. are. You're a pretty strong because you haven't had an experience. Yeah. Yet. So, yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the only thing. It's like, um, but we've chatted about like, you know, theories and stuff mm-hmm. about like, what, why do you believe, what, what kind of like evidence do you have like for your belief? Oof. Well, um, the house that I grew up in that my parents are still in and I go stay at, um, it's definitely something going on there. I think we've never brought like a medium in or anything, but there's just, I feel like people who are also believers will understand this stuff if they've grown up in a similar house where it's like, it's just around and you know, it's there and you're just used to it where it's just like, like I was saying, stuff goes missing, doors close by themselves. You hear footsteps. There's just weird. And it's just kind of this general feeling that something else is there. 
I don't mm. know. It's it's it is hard to explain. I think there's just moments where you're like, "What was that?" And it's like, "Oh, it's probably just the ghost." It's okay. <laughs> um, but I I yeah, I definitely believe in all kinds of spirits. It took me a while to figure it out because I kind of it wasn't until I started reading this book on Ed and Lorraine Warren that I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, I think I do believe in." human spirits because for a while I was like well maybe human spirits don't exist and it's all just in human spirits which is very scary <laughs> but um I think I kind of believe in a lot of that stuff and it's just been I don't know in how in our house like things like my mum's heard whispering I've had people stay over and they've heard someone coming down the stairs in the middle of the night and open the door and there's no explanation for that and that's happened a couple times and um one of my friends said, because I asked her, I was like, describe this in detail to me. And she said, the footsteps went up the stairs. And I was like, did you hear them? Because if it was a person, you would have heard them walk around because the floorboards are very like dodgy. Mm. <laughs> so you can hear people walking around. She was like, no, the footsteps just stopped. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's, that's pretty freaky. Um, we also have an attic, <laughs> of course. Um, so there's been activity linked to there. <laughs> Uh, our place is kind of old. Is it just like Ghoul Central? Yeah, I think so. And my mum, when I was younger, she, my mum said that she saw like wisps of things in room, like orbs. Um, and she would feel little kids running. Like she thought that I ran up to where it wasn't me. There was no one there. Oh, um, wow. Just, just stuff, just stuff like that. And there's, that's just like our story though. Like I've talked to people one of my work friends way back in the day before, at my old job like said that she was like in her shed out the back of her house and there was some random man that looked like he was from the 1800s. And there was just like, no way. Like you can't explain that stuff. Yeah. And it's unlikely you hallucinated for like two seconds. <laughs> if you, you could try. Really, you could really try, but if you've seen an apparition, it's very hard to try and hallucinate that unless you're on some... Mushrooms, special mushrooms. <laughs> no, <laughs> shrooms. Oh, um, special mushrooms, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think there's just, and my mum and I agree on this, that there's just so much evidence mm. that you can't fully rule out that you can't say there's nothing I exists. think that's fair, yeah. There's too much evidence. There's people who have dedicated their life to this stuff, like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, who like, are unfortunately. They were mocked a lot for it. yeah. They had a pretty like That's um surprising. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting as well cuz like the the doll, the Annabelle doll, the mm. real doll. So <laughs> if anyone watches the Conjuring films, they're nothing quite like the real life. It escapades. kind of it kind of does make fun of it a little bit cuz who the heck buys that kind of doll for someone like from the films? I know, right? That doll is not like you're like that is clearly evil. No one <laughs> Yeah, it's like you were just asking for it to get haunted. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're like, mmm, mm, that looks fucked. Um, <laughs> it's like someone punched it in the face and just went, mm, I'll give this to someone else now. Yeah. Like it's broken. Um, no, the real doll is like a rag doll. It's like a. Yeah, it's like a raggedy end doll. Yeah. I just it, read a whole chapter on this. <laughs> but it's really interesting. Like it, it mm. looks really cool. Yeah. Like it looks like an ordinary doll. But the weird thing is, everyone who's gone to the Ed and Lorraine Warren Museum says it feels like really weird going near it. Like there's some sort of unsettling thing about it. Um, and there's another doll in real life as well, you know, 
um, then, you know, I always have to say real life because Annabelle is in a movie. It was just yeah. fictional as well. Yeah. Um, but there is a real life doll in somewhere, I think, in Russia or something, where it's a, a doll that's also haunted. Mm. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it's haunted and it's in a glass case somewhere. Yeah. With like, and being, you know, like once a month of. You know, priest does their thing and walks out. They have to, yeah. This is probably what we'll talk about on our, like, my podcast. <laughs> our but... podcast. Now, <laughs> I'm, now a, I'm now a host of it. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but I signed a contract and everything. But, and I think I mentioned this, that dolls, the dolls that have activity connected to them aren't necessarily haunted. It's more that they're just being used as a tool. Yeah, they're like a vessel. Mm, they're yeah. not actually so it's not that the demon's living within the doll and like whatever. yeah it's, it's it's i don't know it's something we can't really understand i think it's also like in films as creepy as they seem they're nothing quite like what's happening in real life yeah. and i think that over dramatization it trivializes it I, I know and i think that having seen on real life but seen like priests and stuff and you know uh, do their thing and talk about demons and stuff. And, you know, having that idea, because I love love the concept of demons and I love the whole idea of possession and stuff, but it doesn't happen like how it happens in films because you wouldn't ever notice. They wouldn't want to always be seen. Like, that's the thing. No, the whole the whole point is that they're very cunning. Yeah, but so, these seem to be just like, hey, I'll talk yeah. to you. In films, it's just like, I'm going to go straight ahead and just try and kill you. That doesn't happen. Yeah, it was like every every Conjuring movie is just literally them just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Not every, like, and you're just going, how do Ed and Lorraine Warren survive? <laughs> like every time is something's trying to kill them. I know. Yeah, because it's. Because uh, you've got the, the nun, you've got Crooked Man, you've got Annabelle Doll. And you've got the um the bag like the weird witch lady who hung herself in the first movie. Oh, Conjuring, yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just going off the yeah, Conjuring films. No, no, because I think. And now the the nun's got its own film, and so is yeah. Annabelle. Like, you know, how many fucking franchises can you make off? I know. I um, know. Have you heard about the Weeping Woman, the Lila Rona? That looks really scary. So that's based on a real legend. So there, oh. in I think it's in Mexico. Mm-hmm. La Llorona, I mm-hmm. think is actually how you pronounce it. Um, she used to walk like mm-hmm. endlessly. She'd lost her kids. She drowned her kids, I believe, in the water. She lost her kids? No, no. She drowned her, her kids. kids. I believe it was she <laughs> drowned her kids. And she felt so bad that, um, that uh, she now goes and tries to find other people's kids and drown them as well. So she's always searching for kids. Going onto the land and stuff. Um, yeah, it's very creepy. She is a very... That str- doesn't sound like a human spirit. <laughs> no, it's a very much a demon spirit. It's, it's not a good spirit. Yeah. But anyway, it, she goes and wanders, you know, Mexico. So they talk about it in, you know, parts of Mexico. And she is just so, so bizarre. Like, she's got a weird... But she's become part of folklore. Like, she's got, you know... But in Mexico also, Mexico's big of supernatural. Like, it's they so... Yeah. And they have a great... I love the whole land of the dead and all that, that you know Coco. yeah i know right oh. it's just a reference point i know but like that Still. film it's not an adequate representation of mexican no culture. but can i just say what a great child's representation of that film and like life after death it's so cute it's um so cute. but i think yeah there's a whole island full of dolls in mexico that there was a man before he died you know 
used to, you know, offer this demon dolls. So this entire island was covered in dolls. And it's really, you can go and visit it, but it's really creepy because spiders have made homes in some of the dolls and stuff. That sounds like a way to get haunted. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I need to show you a show after this. Do. I need to write this place down because it gives me ideas. Um, it's so <laughs> Not interesting. that I want to make an island of dolls. <laughs> <laughs> an island of dolls. <laughs> You're just, you know what? I've got a plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, mm. what, how did... So with, the, with ghosts and stuff, how are you in religion, though? Because that's kind of like... It's very, it's true. It doesn't really make any sense because I believe in like angels and demons, but I'm not really religious. But I'm like, well, that makes no sense because then technically I would believe that there's a God. So I'm like, well, that's confusing. Conundrums. Conundrums. So I'm definitely agnostic. Yeah. Technically, I'm supposed to be Christian. Oh, um, really? Are, yeah, your, par- are was... your parents Christian? No, I don't know why I was baptized. <laughs> I don't know. I grew up going to a ch- going to church, but it was a very good church. It was like a uniting, very like all anyone's welcome. Okay. It was very like it wasn't like I'm gonna shove all this down your throat, like all this information. Um. So it was a good church, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. I and I think about it all the time, where I'm like, hang on. But then if I believe, does this mean I have to get into the Bible? And I'm like, I really don't want to read the Bible. It's a long chapter. It's a... And I don't really want to have to start praying. <laughs> I'll only pray if I feel like there's something worthwhile. Yeah, in if it's if it's spirit related, but that's the only time. But I have done that before, so I'm like, well, then doesn't that mean I'm religious? And other, it's like two sides of Emily, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Better figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have a definite answer. What do you? What's yeah. your thought though on other people's religion? Well, you know, like in terms of Christianity and believing in a God or like? Um, I think because I think faith is a lot of, it's, it's, uh, it, it is each to their own. It's like whatever you believe. No one else can really, if someone came in and was like, the ghosts aren't real. And I'm like, okay, but I don't, you can't change my mind on this. Like there's no way you can yeah. change my mind. I've, I know what I know, like for me, but other people are skeptics. It's fine. Um, I don't know. It depends how crazy the religion is. <laughs> scale of one to crazy. It's very crazy. It's very crazy. Well, it's Scientology. Let's try. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go with the yeah. first one. Like when it gets to that point, I'm just like, no, that that's like like a cult. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm wearing a Let's Start a Cult T-shirt. Mm. So um, this is off one of my favorite podcasts because it's about true crime. Um, a lot of true crime actually comes out of cults. If you could start a cult. Oh, if I what could, would it be? I would start <laughs> if it would be a murder cult. Like it wouldn't be a straight up like good cult. <laughs> I think I'd want to go to family values. I want to go traditional like murder cult. Uh, <laughs> I worry about everyone who knows me. Uh, um, yeah, I guess straight up like you know they'd be they'd they'd listen to um. Death metal music? No, no, they'd listen to really nice classical Beethoven. Ooh, that's dark as yeah. they murder people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like Beethoven's fists or, you know. How would you get people into this cult? Uh, you have to somehow get them in and brainwash them. Yeah, so a lot of it would be cheese and wine lovers. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to wear a suit. 
You'll get all this. All you have to do is murder some people. <laughs> you get free wine and cheese and a suit. All you do is have to murder a few people for me. Bye. Oh my god. Like, it... Why is Beethoven playing? Never mind. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Now let me record this criminating evidence and see what. <laughs> um, How would you get money from that? Oh, like record the evidence, send yeah, it to the police, send it to get the police a payout. In. Yeah. <laughs> Because then I'm, all I'm doing is getting idiots off the road. <laughs> so really, you're actually starting a service where you're capturing serial killers. So it's not really a cult. It's no, a service. I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing a cult service. This sounds like a TV show. This I feel like it should fun. be a great TV show. <laughs> I'm getting ideas. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is a sketch we should make. Because this is a I think so. This is great. Um, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is, look, you are the same person who has, like, Sims. You have got a murder streak in you. What would I, you do if you had a cult, actually? Let, let me ask you that question. Um, if I had a cult... Hmm. <laughs> these are not things I think about. I like to ask these questions. I don't really think about them. You've been throwing the deep end. Yeah, I know. I think... I, I just want people to do ghost hunting, I think. <laughs> So I'd need to, it's like a ghost hunting cult. cult. A ghost hunting <laughs> I need to get money from it. I don't, I don't know how I'd do that. Like you said, I think a um, murderous cult. <laughs> a murderous cult. Mm. And they can hunt the ghosts from the people that were murdered. Because the only time really there's going to be human spirits is if they were killed in like a violent way or they don't know they're dead, something like that. So you've been using The Sims as a practice round, have you? Yeah, for sure. My in my haunted mansion. Yeah, there's like twenty ghosts. Twenty ghosts, seven seven Sims dollars. <laughs> Simoleons. <laughs> Simoleons. There's only three ghosts that come out at once, and I was like, "What did I just spend two days making?" <laughs> like, twenty of them, and then three only emerge. I have a giant graveyard and nothing to prove for it. <laughs> Lord, are they different ghosts every day? No, the same ones come out. And I'm like, get back in your grave. <laughs> get a different one out. Go on, go on. Knock the rest of them about. I want yeah. all 20 of them out. Oh, no, so then I send them. To, this is very dark, but I send them. I send this, the alive Sims down to go mourn at different graves. So then maybe they will help bring them out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's nothing compared to like what I did on Sims 2 where I was capitalizing. That could be my cult. You're capitalizing on people's murder. <laughs> I think that's what both our cults is because we're doing services, but also making a profit. It's like a big. You, I'll take yeah. I'll take the the bodies from yours, make a yeah. graveyard, and, and capital. I'll be like the most haunted graveyard, and people but will I, have to pay. I, are we killing good people or are we killing bad people? Like, are we? No, killing... you're capturing serial killers. Yeah, that's... but we're also we're also got to kill some bad people. Yeah. So we've got to get them to be incriminated for you know, murders as well. Oh my god. I feel like if the police listen to this, they're going to be like, mm, get these people on a list. <laughs> I don't know why police would be listening to two idiots talking about this. There's nothing serious about any of my clients. If they really thought, like, this is always a thing, is if someone ever listens to this, they'd probably be thinking, God, these guys talk a lot of bullshit. <laughs> something, there's nothing fucking serious to their claims at all. Um, oh, my God. That's true. I don't even know what I said earlier. So. <laughs> we have said a lot of random shit. That's true. But you've got your cult. I'll think about mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs>
<laughs> and on that note, <laughs> should we wrap things up? Sure. Um, thank you for joining me. On my- thank you for having me to talk about Everything. really weird things. <laughs> we actually did talk about like some interesting things mm-hmm. and some very strange things mm-hmm. on this podcast. We covered two topics that we were going to cover. That's which true. was Taylor Swift and Gooby Gives. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank you for joining me on this weird and wonderful escapade. Thank you. Did you have some fun? I did. I did. I've got a lot of ideas now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've influenced you into having like a lot of like nifty ideas. Conversation mm. just flowed to mm. all, all the weird. <laughs> I, I have a lot of pent up chaotic evil. Ah. <laughs> uh. So that's when I play Sims and... Yeah, so now I can just put it into some ideas for skits. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, you can tune in next week. I look forward to seeing all these skits that Emily makes. You can check them out once they're done. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Look, we're going to make them happen. Um, and you can listen to the next episode next week when I chat to another guest. Mm. But anyway, I'll speak to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.